This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central, at www.twitch.tv backslash BlancaOG. Hope you enjoy the show! Welcome. Another, another. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a pop up episode for everybody. We have a surprise guest. We 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 had somebody reach out to us on Twitter. We reached out to them. Uh, it, it's a it's going to be an awesome experience, especially with the Olympics going on right now. We have Josh Hederick of the Minnesota Team Handball. He is he's the president of their club. He he blessed us with his presence today. Awesome to have him here. It's going to be a really fun interview. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout that from our socials. Um, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If it is on iTunes, make sure you hit us with the five-star review. Make sure you drop a rating below in the comments. Uh, if you want to, you can follow our social media pages, tailgate underscore talks. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to follow our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at DustinWimmer22. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. Me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And lastly, if you have any sort of suggestions or anything like that that you want to uh, shoot us with at the podcast, make sure you hit us at the email, tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and jump into this interview. Really excited for this. Again, uh, we've been fanboying hard over, over the Olympics over the last couple of weeks. Definitely been exciting. And, and handball popped up earlier today as we're getting ready for this interview. It was the Spain and uh, who was it? Um, Norway. Nor- it was Norway. Norway. Spain and oh, Norway game. Yeah. Sorry, thank you. The Spain and Norway game. We watched a little bit of that, and and it it, it really put it into perspective, like the 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 physicality of this sport. It was amazing. So uh, let me go ahead and hand this over to Brooks. We're gonna go ahead and kick off the interview. We're gonna get this going. Get Josh talking a little bit here. Definitely excited here. Uh, so Brooks, go ahead and take the helm on this. Yeah, I feel like you did most of the heavy lifting there. So, Josh, welcome to the tailgate, man. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me out, guys. I'm really excited to talk about this great sport of team handball. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited to learn a little bit about this sport, and excited for our listeners to kind of get the lowdown on on what handball is. And so, just to lead this off with a pretty simple question: How did you get into handball, and kind of when did you start playing the sport? So my personally, myself, I got into handball uh, at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. So a lot of the people that are finding out about the sport and really getting fired up about it, uh, getting a little bit of that, that itch of like, oh, this looks awesome. I got to play this. I was in that same position back in 2008. Uh, okay. I was actually, um, I mean, a little bit of background. I, I played a little bit of uh, high school sports and in college, it was more just like pick up basketball and stuff like that. But I never really had like a, a sport that I was like absolutely passionate about. But then one day I was literally about to get ready to work out at my a gym that I worked uh, out at. And I was uh, in the locker room and all of a sudden the TV was on and there's this amazing sport that I've never seen before yeah. <laughs> on TV. And I didn't get a workout in because I pretty much just sat down and watched the rest of that game. <laughs> uh, and as I started realizing, okay, yeah, I played a little bit of this back in like high school and gym, but 
like it was like one like one semester and then nothing else after that so at that point i was just like i gotta play this i gotta figure out a way to play this so yeah luckily i went back to i worked at a rec center in uh, a town called Burnsville, oh, cool. minnesota back in the day and i nice. had some friends there um and we all saw the same game we all were like yo team handball <laughs> like looks awesome and then one of our like kind of like our leaders or like our boss came out and he's like yo like u.s hasn't even like been to the olympics in so long we could totally make a team and make a run at this and everything like that. we were <laughs> absolutely fired up um right. and then eventually we contacted uh usa team handball at the time they were not the most organized so it took them a little longer to actually get back to us but we got in contact with uh, a guy that was kind of running stuff at the time his name is dan Snyberg, and he was just kind of just throwing stuff together at like a like a rec center and uh, when he saw that we had like seven or eight individuals ranging from the ages of like 18 to 26, he was like, okay, yeah, we can finally start like getting this rolling. And okay. That's pretty much how I got into the sport. It's a lot like how a lot of people are getting into it as we speak. Okay, cool. So Josh, if we say us three are wanting to play a game, explain to us like some basics of handball that we obviously don't know about because we've never played before. What do we need to know while we're watching these Olympic games and maybe say we're going to go play a game? I mean, I'll always just kind of start off with, you know, how you move the ball. I mean, obviously that's the biggest thing in the, in the sport is making sure that obviously you get that ball through the net, but how do you move it forward? Well, you can take three steps before and after you dribble and you can have okay. as many dribbles as you want to. So it's not quite like basketball where like you have to have the ball and you have to like stay there and then you have to dribble before you move. I can literally grab the handball, take three steps and then dribble and then take three more steps. So that allows you to actually not sometimes like even when you're going like on a fast break, sometimes there's not even a dribble on the ground because you have actually some mobility to move and not, not have to dribble. I've, I've always been taught that dribbling is only there when you absolutely need it. Sometimes dribbling can actually slow you down because you're a lot more dangerous when you're able to just move and pass and just get it like one end of the court to the other because spacing is such a big thing about handball. So that's, that's probably one thing. Um, the big crease that you see where the goalie is in, you can't go in there. Uh, I mean, you can, but basically just think of it as if you have the ball, you don't want to be in there. If you're on defense, you want to stay out of there. And that's why a lot of times when you see people go for a shot, they'll jump into that crease. Right. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll sink it in there. And sometimes they'll even like wait until like the absolute last minute before they fire it. If it's in slow motion, you might actually see them touch the floor a little bit and get it off, but it's in real time. Right. The majority, I mean, the referee's not going to call that. Um, and then I'd say another big thing about it is uh, the defense. You've probably seen it on there. You can hit people. Yeah, it looks yeah. just like yeah. a brick wall, and there's a lot of physicality. Tell me more about that, because that was one of my big questions. Don't, don't think of it like rugby. Don't think of it like football. You're not driving through somebody. You know, like that's the thing in, in football, especially. It's like when you tackle, you run through somebody and you drive your feet. Yeah. It's different than handball. Diff- in handball, it's like a strategic positioning of your body and you stand tackle somebody, almost like you're bear hugging them. Okay. But but you actually can't like 
like hug somebody and grab and like lock it like that, you can actually sometimes be called uh, for like a yellow card or a two minute if you do that. But what you want to do is we're, we're always taught starting playing in handball. If somebody has their shooting arm up and they have the ball right here, you want to grab their arm. You want to grab their body so they can't get away from you, but so that you can bring down their arm so that they can't get that pass off. Cause even if you control their body, they could easily just pass it right to their next teammate. And then the defense has to shift again and you're out of position pretty much right then and there. Um, but it's physical. Uh, yeah, you got, you got, you got to keep the offensive player in front of you. So if I have you in front and I still have my body pretty much right in front of you, even if you're kind of over here, that's totally fine. It's when you get past me, like if you absolutely like get past me, make me look foolish. If I try and grab you from the side or worse, if I try and grab you when you're behind here and try and pull you down, you know, kind of like a horse collar or anything like that, uh, that's going to be a bad, bad thing. You're going to get a two minute, uh, sometimes you might even get a red card depending on like how severe it is. Uh, is Norway kind of playing like that little more physical and testing that today against Spain. Yeah. I, I mean, that's both, both those teams. I mean, both those teams are very, they, they've been playing for a while, especially Spain. Spain has like one of the oldest teams in the Olympics. This is kind of like their last chance to like make something happen. So honestly, this win today was like huge for them. Okay. And I mean, it was, it was in pretty much buzzer beater style, I guess you could yeah, kind of say with that penalty shot at the end. But uh, one other thing is uh, the, the, they talked about this a little bit in the broadcast. If you watched it uh, substitution, it's very much like ice hockey. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. Yep. But there's literally a line and a box in which the person coming off the court has to get over the line before the other player can actually go out. It can't be like a gray area, kind of like ice hockey is. Yeah. There actually mm -hmm. has to be a player that goes out before you come back in. And a lot of times players and teams will utilize an offense defense type strategy. There'll even be players on the team that honestly, like they can't throw a handball, you know, <laughs> to really save themselves but they're huge and they're big and no one gets past them that's all they're there for they're they're defensive specialists there are definitely those in handball yeah i was gonna ask because i noticed while watching the game today it seemed like norway really had like one dude that they wanted to or Den i was watching denmark i think and denmark had like one guy that they wanted to shoot and it seemed like all they were doing was trying to get him and then I noticed the substitution thing when they would go on defense he'd immediately go yeah he had the hair like, oh, in the, yeah. in oh, the yeah. band yep <laughs> Uh, Miguel Hansen. He is, yeah. he's probably arguably the greatest handball player in the world right now. Um, okay. the, guy, oh, no way. The, the, the guy has an ungodly shot. He'll be in any position yeah. and he'll, he'll just do this and the ball's going hundred miles per hour. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been tearing it up. He's been tearing it up since I started playing. I mean, I mean, yeah. He, he, yeah. Uh, do yourself a favor. Actually, I want you and everybody like on the podcast, you need to check out uh, 2008 Beijing Olympics, Denmark, Russia. It's the game is literally ended. And in handball, when the game ends on a foul, so like if somebody grapples somebody and like stops play and then the buzzer sounds, it's not over. There's actually like a plant shot where basically there's just one guy that has the ball. And in like front of him, the Spain? Yeah. What's that? Like the today's game with Spain? No, this was back in 2008. This was Denmark versus Russia. 
Okay. But basically, it's the end of the game. You'll see what I'm oh. talking about. There's a wall of Russian defenders, and yeah. there's still the goal and the goalie in front of Miguel Hansen. Miguel Hansen literally is on a plant shot. He shoots. He gets it around I got it the defense, up. and he scores and wins the game. Oh, you, have, you, you have to see it. 2008 Beijing Olympics, Denmark, Russia, Miguel Hansen shot. You will see it, and you'll awesome. see it's I, amazing. So I got it sorry, to go, off, sorry to go off there. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. I'll, yeah, yeah. I noticed that watching the game. That's the substitution. So I was just curious: Are they just strictly going defense, offense, just all the time? Because that's kind of a cool little, uh, you know, tool you can use. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I mean, there'll be some of the best players that are, you know, that'll go both ways. The majority of the time, you're going to go two ways in handball. But if you feel like, okay, we have this one player that's a Miguel Hansen, and the person that usually plays defense on that position isn't really the best then they'll do like, okay, we're going to bring in our best defender and try and stop him. Very cool. Yeah, no, I got I got the video pulled up of this shot. He literally has a full wall. Like, it's a soccer wall almost, but you can use hands in this one. So even taller. All these guys yeah, here are, are easily over six foot something, and he just hooks yes. it in that top right corner. It, it's a great shot. I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, you have that moment in an athlete where, like, they kind of become big time. Yeah. That was kind of Miguel's. That's cool. Like, Nice. So, so um, a little bit earlier, you had mentioned something about like in the crease. Like, is there a couple of like little terminologies that there are uh, that's kind of unknown? Because all three of us have played sports. I mean, similar to you. Like, I mean, we've played sports growing up, and but it's just what is like the particular uh, handball terminologies that we don't really know about or that we wouldn't know about. Yeah, uh, a lot of it actually is pretty similar terminology that you would uh, that you'd understand. But yeah, no. Uh, Let's see. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is uh, what you know as an alley-oop in handball is called a Kempa. Okay. So it's literally I thought just, I saw one of those in the game, where, and I was like, what is that? Yep, lobs it up, guy jumps, takes it, and just shoots in midair. Yeah, that's, uh, that's called a Kempa. Uh, and honestly, I'd say 15, 20, 25 years ago, it was a big deal. Like it was a blow the roof off the place type play. It's standard in handball nowadays. Like yeah. you'll see it all the okay. time. It, it'll be like, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's just kind of like what Duncan is now in, in basketball. It's, it's nothing like it's standardized, okay. <laughs> um, a feint, uh, or a juke in football, you know, it as a juke basically, but a feint in handball is basically, and you'll, you've probably seen it in the games today. You're literally mm -hmm. right by the defender and you're kind of just making a quick movement to get past them to either get past them and take the shot or even just draw that defender and draw the defender next to you so that you can pass it on to your next player and then just keep it going until there's an open shot that, that they can take. So uh, they call it a feint in okay. handball. Um, note on that, going kind of back to the rules, in handball, if you catch the ball and you land at the same time on both feet, it's zero steps. Oh. Okay. So you can take, you, you can land on both feet, do that feint, and you still have three steps left to take before you have to shoot, oh. pass, or dribble. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, n nice little uh, tidbit there. No, good um, little... Okay. Yeah. And uh, we use terms on uh, the court as like the six. The six is the, the crease, the line that's outlining the crease. It's, we call it the six because it's six meters away yeah. from the goal. So we call it the six. Um, sometimes we'll say like, you know, oh, that should be a seven. That's a seven. The seven 
is seven meters away from the goal. That's where the penalty shot takes place. I see that. So okay. when yeah, when you, when there's a penalty and the you know how uh, how Spain won the game today, that's the seven or the seven meter. And then the nine, then we always say, oh, that should be a nine. Or whenever we say that's a nine, it's like it's a foul because everything resets basically at the nine. When the player inbounds the ball, they're on top of the nine. And they mentioned in the broadcast that all the other players on defense have to be three meters away, not just from the line, they have to be three meters away from the inbounder. So if there's a player that's three meters away from the inbounder, but like is actually not on that crease line, that's totally okay. You just have to be like in a diameter around that player. You have to be three meters away when there's a nine or when there's a foul and there's a reset. Um, we'll, we'll say that's a two. Like if, if there's a penalty that happens and we're like, Hey, that should be a two. That means a two minute. And okay. that happens a lot. There's a lot of arguments. With yeah. Two minutes. Uh, and what is, what isn't no matter what more than likely you'll see players be like, I didn't do that when <laughs> really, you know, that they, they deserve that two so, minute. A little bit, little, a little bit of soccer dramatics happening. A <laughs> little bit of soccer dramatics, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then uh, lastly, uh, there's a position that we call the pivot. And that's the guy that's literally going through the defense, staying as close to that line as possible, waiting for that easy shot. Then he pivots to the goal, jumps, and gets an easy shot. That's why we call it the pivot. Uh, a lot of other people will call it the circle runner because you're running across the circle. But those are just kind of some terminologies that you'd so, be like, pivot. What are you talking about, pivot? So, like, the, 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 the pivot guy is the guy that's, like, diving in, and he gets past the ball in mid-dive? or Sometimes. I'd say it's not quite a dive, but it might be more of, like, a lean. Yeah. Um, he, he sets picks. So, if you're watching these sports going forward, looks watch like the guy that is – what's that? It looks like he's kind of posting up and setting yeah. uh, like It's basically like a center in basketball. He's just posting up. He's blocking, but you'll notice he never like in an NBA, you'll, you'll set a pick and you'll look at the defender, not in handball because in handball, you need to have your back to that pick because at a moment's notice, if that player gets past the pick to the guy that has the ball, you have an easy pass. More than likely there's not a person in front of you and it's an easy shot. Pivots usually have the easiest angles to shoot on goal uh, than any player uh, in handball during the game. Okay. Very cool. Well, we were talking about penalties. That brings us to a, a discussion that we like to have. We're, we can be pretty hard on officiating sometimes on this podcast, whether it's basketball or football officials. Is there a certain call in handball that gets kind of debated the most that that's kind of controversial, like pass interference in football or block charge in, in basketball? What, what What's the call on that? I mean, anytime somebody does a two minute, they're like, what are you talking about? I didn't do a two minute. That, that's not worthy of a two minute. But uh, I mean, honestly, there's nothing really like pass interference or anything like that. I do know that there is, there is one rule where if the goalie comes outside of the crease, let's say there's a fast break happening. So let's say like Spain, uh, Norway's happening. And let's say Norway gets a clear fast break where there's only like one person and the goalie and in midair, that ball is going to that Norway player. 
if the Spaniard goalie were to come out and try and like intercept it or stop it, but make contact, even if it was like a tiny little bump or anything, the goalie would get a red card. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a rule that actually got in place probably a couple years ago. Like it was newer. Like when I started playing, that wasn't a rule, but it's, it's happened recently. And I know there's some people that, still believe that it's not a rule and some people that are like no this is a rule but i i'm pretty sure that if you look in the ihf the international handball federation Mm -hmm. rule book that it's in there that if a goalie makes a contact with a player uh like and he's the only player in front and he makes contact with him outside of the crease it's a red card for that goalie no kidding so that that's a really kind of controversial one uh I'll, I'll just say about penalties, uh, you know, that just like soccer, there's red cards. Right. Yeah. In handball, there's blue cards. You don't want to get a blue card. Oh. A blue so. card would be like the equivalent of like punching somebody in the face. Okay. Or like <laughs> automatic like WWE clotheslining somebody. Um, okay. Like not just you were playing and you actually did something that like could have harmed them. Yeah. It's like you intentionally we're trying to like hurt them really bad. Okay, okay, okay. So when you so, get a blue card, it's not good. So so then the, the the different levels of penalty are yellow, red and blue? Uh yeah, so yellow it's kind of a warning. So yeah. like in the beginning of the game, you'll see a lot of yellow cards happen. And actually teams will test the limits. They'll see how hard right. they can hit. They'll see what they can get away with until they get that yellow card. Once you get that yellow card, then you're like, okay, can't do that again or else i'm gonna get a two minute and then the two minute if you get three two minutes i, I think it is I, I think it's the third two minute or maybe it's the fourth two minute i i can't remember but when it gets to that point and you get too many two minutes you get an automatic red card but it's okay. not that bad because it's not like you tried to hurt somebody it's just too many two minutes you're suspended you're out of the game okay uh so yeah i mean and, and two minutes I mean, it really is anything from putting them in jeopardy of hurting them, or it could be anything as far as uh, one thing is if someone were to do like a bounce pass and you intentionally put your leg out to try and stop it and it hits your um, leg, that's a two minute. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's really yeah. a two minute. I saw a lot of two minutes like when guys were going at heads, I mean, unintentionally, but like going for physicality and ended up almost in a headlock with the guy uh shoulder the waistline pretty much i mean just pretty much just keep the defense in there but yeah if you play and you gotta get you kind of straddle their neck or yeah if you like you know trying to block the shot uh there was another game today it was uh it was egypt and denmark and toward the end of the game yes. uh, uh someone actually got a red card because they they went up for a block and then as they were kind of coming forward, they put their hands down forward on a guy's face. Oh. Um, and yeah, he, he got, he got blasted, Two minutes. blasted pretty well. And yeah. Oh, well, okay. that's a red card right there because anytime yeah. you try and swat at the face when you, you know, you could have just put your hands right down. A lot of times the rest will, okay. will, will call that. So makes sense. <laughs> that's wild though. Okay. So, so then what, what's the, so, What's the difference in penalty from red to blue, though? Uh, this will be kind of the last thing, but it's just kind of a minute thing. Because, like, obviously both are an ejection from the game. 
but a blue has to have some sort of severe like league penalty, I guess. Yep. So I would say a red card, a red card would happen if you were to try and stop buddy. So if somebody, you know, juked past you or fainted past you yeah, and you just turned around, grabbed them by the shoulders and just like tried to stop them like a yeah. horse collar. That would be a red card because you were still trying to stop them. You're in the play, but it's something that you can't do. You were putting the player in harm. Yeah. That would be a red card. A blue card would be basically the person got past you. You grab them by the shoulders. You lock them and you suplex them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry to laugh at that. I was just like, oh, uh, just the mental image of it. I'm just like, uh, just thinking straight up WD, WWE. Yeah. But like, red, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, but, so then what's the what's the enforcement side of it? So and like, both are an ejection from the game. But if you get a blue card, are you not allowed to play for the next two games or three games or something like that? I, I believe it's a suspension, either one game. I don't know what the IHF rules are, but I know when we do, um, when we do tournaments, the club does at, uh, you know, with other um, clubs around the nation. Uh, what happens is there's a blue card and then there has to be a meeting afterwards with uh, the head ref uh, and like two other representatives that saw it. Okay. And they basically have to determine Okay, was it like a blue that really you know means they should be suspended? Okay, or is it a blue that okay you know it, it, maybe not? So like there's a little bit of debate. Red card you're just out for the game. Yeah, you can come back for the next game. Yeah, blue card. I know there's more like possible like suspension going forward. Um, I'm sure in the international leagues there's probably a fine or something like that. But yeah. I have, I, I don't think I've ever seen in the international league a blue card. But I know that one time when I was at a tournament, uh, I believe there was a blue card. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of kind of to, to wrap up our, our, our first little segment on this, though, uh, we did have this one question, which is what what sports skill wise would, would best translate to handball? Yeah, I mean, handball has so many yeah. sports entwined in it. You can, I mean, you can absolutely see that when you see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, There's like a little bit of basketball. A little bit of football with the throwing or baseball and a little bit of soccer. It's just so many different things, but yeah, <laughs> that go into it. Kind of, kind of talking about the throwing of the ball. Um, I will say I, I would take not from the physicality point because football players, obviously they, they're, they're a lot more physical, but right. I would take, I would take an outfielder in baseball or a pitcher over a quarterback any day. Really? The reason why is the way that you throw the ball. You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't spin it like that, like a football, you know, like you can get zip on a football because of the way that you, but with baseball, it's very similar to where you get a lot of the wrist action in it and really delivery of the arm, but also with the body. So I would say as far as throwing um, baseball, might transition a little better than football, but football I'll take, I'll take the physicality of football any day. Right. I mean, like we're talking about those defensive specialists. Like, give me like linebackers, give me yeah. offensive linemen, and you know, I got a, I got a giant wall right there. Good luck trying yeah. to, you know, uh, you know, get through that. Uh, I'll also say lacrosse is actually a great transition. That's oh, kind of what I was thinking yep. of. It's, it's like lacrosse just, or like field hockey with the movement. Like, I just kind of felt that. 
Field hockey might be a little different just because you're a little bit more crotched, crotched over, but lacrosse for sure, because again, you're, it's when you're shooting, your body is doing a lot of work and your arm is just doing the follow through, but having that strong wrist can really, we're talking about Miguel Hansen, his wrist. I mean, he has to have the strongest forearms because it's the way that he whips it and the way that it goes. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of like training to really get that going. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basketball players, their ability to jump and just their sheer athleticism would definitely translate. Um, trying to think. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say like from, from our club's perspective, I would say probably football has really shown the most production of development with players coming to our club that have never played handball. And that have literally like, uh, for example, we have a, we have a, a player on our team named Isaac. He, he came from football. He was a four-time All-American running back for Division II at Minnesota Duluth. Nice. He won a couple national championships. Uh, I mean, the guy was a beast in football. I think he, I think he like went undrafted free agent to like San Diego for like a training camp or something like that. Uh, but then one day he was just like, oh, yeah, I want to play handball. I want to play handball. And he came, and you could tell he was athletic. You could tell he had the skills, but he didn't know what to do at first. And he was – very raw and it took a while for him to get used to it but like three to four years after like right now he's one of our best players like he is he's unstoppable he plays pivot he gets himself into position you can literally like spin the ball around one defender and have it come back a little bit to him he'll grab it with one arm stay like with uh stay away from the crease jump and make the shot he he does some stuff in practice that we're just like we're we're just <laughs> and uh that's cool so yeah so i'd say i'd say honestly like football players would, would transition well i say lacrosse players if i had to like okay. take a group and a team i might take lacrosse players just because of everything that goes into it they know how to control their body they just have to take away the stick and get used right. to the arm movement um second might be like baseball football i don't know i mean both of them okay. could transition cool. really well well, let's get into a little bit of U.S. handball uh, right quick. We, we've noticed that the U.S. is not in this Olympics in the handball and hasn't been for a while. Um, but let's kind of get to know the basics. So how do you uh, try out and become a part of the U.S. handball team? What, what's kind of behind that? I think I saw that y'all held some tryouts. To, is that true? Uh, kind of. Um, I'll say in the past it was mostly in-person tryouts. Um probably just like you know you reach out to usa team handball and you're like hey i want to try out and they're like cool you know either like send us video we'll check it out or we'll get you to like an in-person tryout um and then there was a period in the middle of like the 2010s where auburn university was actually their residency location where they had a residency program where people went there they lived in auburn and they just played handball and learned handball we actually have a player named austin that went through that he lives in Minnesota now. And I mean, again, like you, you, you pretty much just learn and play handball and then you have like a part-time job on the side, you know, in the Auburn yeah. university area. But now I will say the, the new regime um, that's taking care of USA team handball right now, they're getting really innovative because now they actually have this, uh, this website called GMTM and it's literally online tryouts. All you have to do is just go on there and sorry, I feel like I'm plugging, but I'm not, I'm no, not no, trying no. to. No, it's just, uh, 
but literally you go to this website, you go to the USA team handball section. It literally tells you, okay, here are the drills we want you to record yourself doing. We'll evaluate you. And then we'll let you know when, you know, you can go to a club and learn more about the sport or an open tryout in person where we have scouts or we have representatives of USA team handball taking a look and seeing okay. how you'd fit with the club. So that's pretty much the best thing right now. Honestly, just go to the USA team handball website and they'll have a ton of stuff on there for tryouts. I mean, they, they mm. want more athletes. They want more participation right. with it, but I'd say the big, honestly, the best thing that you can do for yourself is either join a club in your area or start one. Because if you start one, I guarantee there's probably people around the area that are like, oh yeah, you know, I used yeah, to get this over in my home country. I'll, I'll yeah. help you learn. Um, like for example, uh, there's a team in Kentucky that started probably a couple months ago and they have a guy that's very familiar with the sport. I, I want to say he's from Spain, um, but he literally is like the coach. He got a bunch of just like college kids and like post-college like graduates to like get together and form a club. And they're, they're doing pretty well right now. I mean, they're getting yeah. things rolling, right. but they, it can even just be one person that's familiar with the sport that can get things rolling. But if you're in an area where you have a club that's like in your backyard or even like hour, two hours away, and you're like really serious about trying out for team handball, go to that GMTM website. Yes. But join that club because you'll learn so much and you'll get the opportunity to play, you know, week in, week out. That's exciting. Nice. So Josh, I want to know more like on the international scale. I know in the Olympics, we only have 12 men's teams. Most of them are European. Why is it so hard for the U S to qualify for the Olympics? I mean, we hadn't been there since 96. I looked up like, what's, what's a, like, what's the deal? <laughs> so 96, we qualified because we hosted. It was an That's automatic bid. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to host, we're going to be in the Olympics again in yep. 2028 yeah. when it's LA. So yep. I, and, and I don't want to say that, like, cause I want to be optimistic. There's still 2024. Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm an optimist. I want to be optimistic that there is still a possibility. Um, but again, I'll say first off, uh, getting past Brazil and getting past Argentina in the Pan Ams. Yeah. Because there's only two teams that qualify out of the Pan Ams. Oh. Getting past Brazil and Argentina is not easy. If you've seen Brazil and Argentina play this Olympics, they've actually played really well. Argentina, like, I think was neck and neck with Germany. And Germany is like, has the best league in the world for handball. And it's like, it's like their sport in a way. Argentina like held on pretty well and even Brazil I think held on pretty well with powerhouse France for a while so it, it, it's tough to get through those two but it's kind of like uh you know I mean you, you look at you look at football when for the longest time it was like Patriots Broncos like until you can get past those guys you're you're, you're not heading there um but honestly the one thing that I believe is holding back, you know, why we're not qualifying. It's just the pipeline in the U S because how many, how many kids are playing team handball on a regular basis, like right. soccer, like football, like yeah. even like lacrosse, not a lot. So that's what, and, that was actually my next question. Why is it not more popular in the U S and States? What's off. Uh, I mean, I mean, club, we don't have a ton of clubs. There's, there's nothing on TV. I think yeah. TV is a huge thing. TV is a huge yeah. thing. 
uh, just, just the exposure of it. Um, and when you don't have that exposure, not a lot of people are going to get super interested in it. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm totally cool being the bench warmer of a basketball team, <laughs> but yeah. handball, I don't know it. You know, none of my friends are playing it and stuff yeah. like that. But I think if, if we get enough buzz, if we start on the youth and then we bring it to like middle school and then high school and college, and then start having like, you know, clubs and leagues and professional leagues, like honestly, like kind of like what lacrosse was years ago or right. ultimate Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee I think is a great example that's of, a- of like what team handball could okay. eventually become. Because I'm even seeing on ESPN that like there's televised league games for yep. ultimate yeah. Frisbee. And that's awesome. I remember playing ultimate Frisbee for in a club right. sport in high school, but it's great to see that, you know, that's getting the exposure, but handball handball definitely needs that too. On top of that, for the exposure part, now is a time where more people are talking about handball and it's because right. of podcasts like this. Like I know uh, yeah. PFT and uh, Barstool yeah, Big Sports, Cat. Big Cat. <laughs> I know all of those guys are like all about handball, regardless if their opinions <laughs> might not really match the reality of like what could right. actually happen or what might happen, they are 100% helping us as far as talking yeah, about yeah. this. And I don't know, like that, that's just the way to help, but there needs to be more. There obviously needs to be more, there needs yeah. to be more funding into it, but it all yeah. starts in the, the pipe. I'm a big fan of them and they were actually talking about it again on today's episode. Yep. Oh yeah, you're totally <laughs> right there. Any exposure is good exposure at some point. And also having it on TV more than once every four years would go a long way too. Cause like it comes and goes and it kind of sucks. Cause it's, you get that buzz for it. Like you said, and you kind of want to do it, watch more of it. And then it goes away. But I could yeah. definitely see like what you were saying with the, with the whole thing with, uh with ultimate Frisbee, like that's picking up steam. They have like, they have like their own version of, of the world cup every, every couple of years now. Like one of, my, one of my cousins was on the Columbia team and I was like, oh my God, I did not know like how big that was getting. And so I could definitely see a lot of parallels there with handball in that like there's not a lot of exposure, but with the with the internet and with people talking about it and YouTube and yeah. like it, I could see it kind of slowly inching or stepping in that direction of actually getting to where like you'll have youth programs or you'll have it in schools or like. Even uh, even if you could just get like more PE teachers to do it and like do it in like seventh and eighth grade and just kind of have like a, a handball day because this is not this would not be hard to implement in a PE class. No, and I'm glad you mentioned that because actually a, a, a former teammate of ours that moved to Chicago years ago, uh, his name's Craig. He actually has this great great um, like structure as far as he's basically going up to PE teachers at like these seminars mm-hmm. and he's literally pointing them and being like, I can write a semester curriculum for you. If you come talk to me right away. And if, if that means that the gym teacher has to do less work, like structuring True. something. And this guy is literally being like, here's the, you know, here's the subject on handball. It's a whole semester's worth all you need to do is just get this equipment or if you're in the Chicago area, I can bring it. I can let you borrow it and that type of stuff. And that's, that's cool. how you get it implemented. You, you literally connect yeah. with the gym teachers. You write their curriculum for handball and they just teach it. And then those yeah. kids start getting interested in handball and then they start wanting to you know, be a part of the sport. 
Like that's how I learned to play futsal. Was that right there alone? Yeah. It was just like in a random yeah. gym gym class in PE in like fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. And then I'd, I'd go visit in Colombia, and it's very similar, like court, as far as as far well, as the handball. Almost court. identical. Like, yeah. Almost identical, and I mean the goals are the same height and size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So I, I did I, I did have a SAT question real quick. So like, USA is to basketball as blank is to handball. <laughs> Uh, I, I personally, and just because it's when I started getting into handball to right now, um, it's France, France okay. wins everything. And I mean, they've had the best players. I mean, you look at, um, uh, uh, they're, they're, I'm going to butcher these names by the way. So if anybody's watching and they're like, <laughs> Oh, silly American can't speak French. And I, sorry, I can't, but, uh, like T- uh, Terry O'Meyer was a, was like the greatest goalkeeper in the last, like, 15 years the guy blocked everything there was a right winger named luke abalo who is literally like gumby who can literally just like do the most athletic stuff and just uh 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 karabatic uh he's a center back he's a france has all the best players and they've been a powerhouse even before i started playing but i 100 would say france but denmark is not that far behind denmark is definitely there as well but I, I would say those are probably the two teams that you you would kind of like talk about as far as like being that USA basketball dominance. Okay. You mentioned uh, when we were talking that you wanted to shout out Texas handball a little bit. So us being three guys from Texas, we are curious to hear what you have on handball in the state of Texas. Yeah, so Texas actually has a pretty good history of uh of uh having a handball club and you know there's probably history even before i got into the game in 2008 2009 but from the time that i've been playing and i've been a part of the usa team handball community which by the way is a small community uh you know houston houston's been uh really much in the fold of it i remember my first nationals in 2009 in elgin illinois they made it to the championship game and they actually took they actually took like arguably the greatest in the last 10 15 years the greatest handball club in the u.s is new york city okay and new york city they took them like to like overtime plus um and let's go yeah yeah uh so and then you know houston kind of uh still kept things going uh they have a rich history dallas dallas actually was a club that i think started around like 2012 or 13 and really grew and really started like growing their club and it sucks because the 2019 2020 season they were having a really good season like they were like rolling into nationals in may 2020 they were looking and really good. COVID. And then COVID. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And, Damn. you know, it sucks because they had some good momentum. I, I I don't know what the I don't know what the current state of Houston and Dallas is right now, but I really hope that they're still doing well and getting ready to go back into playing again because both those teams, like, you know, they were staples as far as Texas goes. I know Austin has a club too, but I wanted to mention this because I, I swear, back in, like, 2012, I remember they had, like, a league down there. They had Dallas. They had Houston. They had Austin. I, uh, 
I can't, I can't forget about this. Texas A&M has a team of handball club. I was mm. looking up just handball in Texas and a lot of colleges yes. came up that had clubs, Texas A&M, West Texas A&M, some other. Oh. Yeah. Texas A&M, uh, pretty much like when it comes to like Texas handball, um, I just, I remember when like we, we played them, I think we played their like first game at nationals and it was great to see like a bunch of kids right. just learn to play handball. But then they really, they really grew that. I think they even had one, I think his last name is Kennedy. He, I think he played for like the junior national team. Maybe he played for the national team. So yeah, Texas has some good history. Cool. And like, honestly, like if you're, if your listeners are kind of like, I want to get into handball, there's plenty of options out in Texas. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be there. Are, there's at least people that have played before that. If you're like, I got people, let's get this going. I don't think you'll have a trouble getting that going. Well, that's that's exciting, that's though. Cool. Um, so I guess well, one one last little tidbit here as far as, like, handball in the U.S. would be, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Ultimate Frisbee. There's obviously a, an example of soccer in the U.S. and its growth. Um, where 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 do you see the sport heading as far as in the United States in t- 10, 20 years, 30 years? Like, when, when where where is its growth pattern going? Oh man, I really hope it's it's going in the right direction because because mm-hmm. I'm I'm 13, 14 years into it and I don't know there there's there's honestly not a lot that's I don't want to say there's not a lot that's changed because there's a lot that's changed. There's definitely more clubs. There's definitely clubs and places that are actually at least getting the youth movement going right now. Yeah. It's it's just you know when I was thinking back when I started or whatever and thinking like eight to 10 years, I would have thought it would have been a different. So if I, if I would envision anything, I really do think that stuff like this podcast, internet, you know, just the exposure of this is really going to help and it's going to definitely get people interested, but we can only go as far as, as the amount of passionate, people we have in the u.s that want to get this going but people like me because again i literally just found the sport out on a random afternoon watching the olympics and now i'm i'm running a club i'm trying to get youth stuff going with it i'm trying to get you know we have a midwest league that i'm still trying to like you know with the help of other players from uh, around the midwest trying to get that going and trying to encourage people to start clubs and you know, you need passionate people to keep this going, but we're we're not going anywhere. We're not going to make any strong steps forward unless that pipeline is established. Youth to adult. It, there has to be that pipeline, and it has to be flowing ever so gracefully because yeah. if there's yeah. any little leak, then it's, 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 it's just not going to work. But it takes time. And I do think and I hope that 2028, with just all the exposure – internet podcasts everything like that i uh i really hope that that's kind of like the 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 takeoff point for for everything <laughs> but hopefully it happens sooner definitely hope so i mean uh you, you speak very passionate about it so it's like it, it it'd be good to see that i i mean as you say i mean as much time as you put into it it'd be good to see that grow yeah, they mentioned you know y'all, y'all got your team there in a little in your league is there any way to watch y'all's games uh like can we tune into a live stream, Facebook live or Twitch, or is there any way to 
like we can watch this Minnesota handball team play from here in Texas. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely working on that. I know we do have uh, first weekend in October, the second and the third, we are planning to have uh, a tournament, our first tournament post-COVID. Uh, we call it the Fall Classic, the Minnesota Fall Classic. We're looking to hopefully have some streaming there. Um, we're just obviously just trying to establish if we need to, you know, hire a, a production crew or if we can honestly just have like, you know, two cameras and just switching back right. and forth, have somebody on the panel. There's many, many ways you can do it. Uh, we're definitely looking to make sure that we do have some streaming. And again, I feel like just with the technology nowadays, you can, you can make that happen. No problem. It's just finding somebody to like take the reins or, you know, just make it a little bit more established that right. when we have yeah. these game days, we're going to be streaming it. Cause yeah, I think that'd be big because again, oh, just yeah. with all the followers, we're going to, you know, start getting with handball and everything like that. You know, they can, they can watch it all the way from Texas or they can watch all the way from you know, another state in the U S uh, I would say stay tuned. Uh, but yeah. if, if, if we could have our way, absolutely we'll be streaming this season we'll pay attention to that because we'll tune into some games when that goes <laughs> when that gets going <laughs> yeah who's next <laughs> the dustin no all right, all right go ahead and do our uh, shot bet with them since we talked about france and germany a little bit already sure sure we, we can we can jump into that yeah we're, we're kind of on the tail end of this um so something that we do on the show it's just for fun uh, but, uh, we, we like to pick shot bets e- each week. We pick a game or two, uh, whatever's going on in the sporting world and NFL, NBA, but we like to randomly do like off ones we actually got, uh, really into hockey for a little bit there, which none of us have been in the past. And I, I, I fell in love with it. We started picking like one or two hockey games there in the middle. It's been a ton of fun. So, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, do you have a, a particular pick that you, you would suggest I know we're, we're talking about France, Germany, because and even earlier you're kind of saying that they were basically the goats of, of of handball. Would you say that that's a that's a safe shot bet for people to be placing on for the shot bet pick of this week? So so basically, it's just you got to pick the winner. Doesn't matter about like spread or anything like that. Just pick the winner. Just whichever yeah, whoever's going to win. The winner. In, the, in, this in, is in football. We'll what? do a spread, but but in in handball, you know, it's just whoever's gonna, whoever whoever's going to take the win. So I would say if if this were quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, if this were like knockout round, France would be like a lock. I think guarantee France would take it because it's still in the prelims, still in the group play. This is a this is kind of a trap. This is kind of a trap game. Um, you know what? I had another suggestion for you. Why you think Sunday we have France versus Brazil? I uh, I'd say France for sure. I, I and Brazil's doing great and Brazil's playing well, but the European teams always just seem to, especially the top yeah. European teams. Yeah, they they just they manhandle uh, the the South Americans. There's even a glimpse that the South Americans can kind of get like under their skin a little bit, and then there's one point in the game where all of a sudden it flips, and all of a sudden it's it's not even close. Wow. Um, France Germany. Man. I know. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to go with Germany. I'm going to go with Germany. Whoa, I'm going to go with upset. the upset. Um, <laughs> the only reason is because France, they still do have a lot of their like veteran players that have won their championships and everything like that. 
but they do have a couple of younger players. And I don't know. I feel like this Germany team, they get those times, they get those wins where it's like, all right, here comes Germany again. And then they break your heart later on down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that pretty familiar. I know that's a feeling being a Viking fan. So uh, oh. I know what it's all, I know what it's all about, but I'm going to go with Germany and, and I'm sure right. my, my teammates that I, we have a lot of Germans on our team. So a lot of my German teammates will be happy about that. But I also probably believe if they're listening, they're shaking their head and they're like, Josh, what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll say Germany. Why not? All right. Germany, all right. Safe pick. Nice. I'm uh, going to go, I'm going to ride with Josh on this. I'm going to go upset too. I'm going to pick Germany to, to, upset france are y'all gonna go with i'll take the powerhouse france i guess (laughs) yeah i don't really i don't really know what i'm voting for here but you know what i write write or die with it whatever uh man you know what uh we'll we'll go let's split this one we'll we'll go for two france two germany and then uh we'll we'll see how this goes Uh, i feel like i'm just kind of picking new england on this one but (laughs) you know it is what it is sometimes Uh, that's the safer one uh one tip on uh, watching that game, France, Germany. Yeah. Number three of Germany, Geschmeyer. Watch the way that he bends his wrist when he shoots the ball. He makes the ball do the funkiest things, but it's, again, it's that Gumby thing I was talking about with that France player from back in the past. The things he does with the wrist is just magnificent. So number three of Germany, Geschmeyer. Just okay. uh, well, watch the fun stuff he does. Very cool. Well, we appreciate all your time tonight. We got a couple just questions for you. We are called Tailgate Talks. We do enjoy the tailgate life. Say you're a Vikings fan. If you go to a tailgate, what's your go-to tailgate food? What are you hitting up at whatever tailgate you're you're at? Yeah. Uh, bratwurst or kielbasa. I'm, I'm all about mm. that. Bratwurst or kielbasa. I'm a big spicy mustard guy, so – Get that okay, spicy yeah. mustard on top of it. Uh, really delicious. I'll tell you this much. If if anybody, if anybody kind of brings brings the South flavor up to the Twin Cities in the north and they bring in You're going for that. baked mac and cheese, I'm all about that. I'm all about mac and cheese. If you're bringing that to tailgate, like you can skip the kielbasa. I'm just going to load up on the, the mac and cheese. I'm a big Straight. mac and cheese guy. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. And then last one. Uh, if there's any tailgate games there, what game are you just smashing everybody at? Is it cornhole? Uh, what what? I don't know what all kind of games y'all play up there, but like, what game are you well, running the table at? It's 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 tough because you know, especially with like Vikings games, it, it's like right in downtown. It's it's not right. like Kansas City. It's not like you know, like parking lot, like right in front of the stadium. So it kind of stinks where it's just like you're in the concrete jungle. You're not in like an open space. Oh. Um, so it's like there's there's tailgating, but it's so congested that like if you're doing games, it's mostly going to happen like in a bar or like a bar that has like garage doors or like open air. Right. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cornhole, uh, definitely. I, I, I do pretty good at. But like I'll, I'll say like the one thing that I I'm really good at is darts. Okay. Okay. Really good at darts, and nice. with with it taking place pretty much in downtown, and you're going yeah, into a bars. bar. Oh yeah, I'm going straight to that dartboard, and so so like so like yeah, I I got I got a hundred dollars. I slap it on the table and said, "Pick your game. You're going for darts." Yeah, I'm going with uh, going with cricket. Going with darts. Okay. 
Okay. Get on dark. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Very cool. Good to know. Well, Josh, man, this was really fun. Now we're yeah, very awesome. knowledgeable about the sport of handball. Uh, we appreciate your time, uh, taking some time out of your night to teach us all here in Texas about this wonderful sport that we have all discovered in the Olympics. And, uh, it just means a lot to us, man. So thank you. So yeah, no, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, man. So uh, just kind of if you want to take a quick second uh, and, and kind of pl- plug your stuff. Where do we find you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Your website, uh, uh, recruiting, if there's people that happen to catch it, like uh, uh, fill us in on everything that you'd like uh, everybody to know about, about Minnesota and about yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start off first with uh, the website, social media website, um, mnteamhandball.com. You know, M as in Mike. N as in, uh, you know, just, just the acronyms for, for Minnesota, mnteamhandball.com. Google Minnesota Team Handball. It's one of the first things that pops up. Facebook, same thing. Minnesota Team Handball. Instagram, at mnteamhandball. Same thing with Twitter, at mnteamhandball.com. Yeah, I mean, basically, we we post stuff pretty regularly, especially during the season. I, we, if, if you're looking to, if you're in the Minnesota area and you're listening to this and you, you want to try the sport out with the club, basically, uh, August 11th and August 12th in Bloomington, Minnesota at a activity center, uh, called the Kennedy activity center. We're having a tryouts. It's, it's for trying out for the actual travel team, oh. but it's also just trying out the sport to see if it's something that you want to kind of play a lot more and, and get yeah. into. Um, so that's, that's what we have coming up. And then, yeah, we pretty much start the season right after that. We, we start going into the full, the full thick of things. So, so mm-hmm. if, if people are trying to hit you up to try out, just hit, hit you up on one of the socials or just go to the website and then there'll be kind of a, 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 a link to follow there. Yeah. Basically, if you go to the website, we got our email in the top, right. Um, there's definitely ways that you can basically contact us. Cool. Uh, especially on the social, I mean, social is really easy, but if you go to that website, our email address is right up there. Just, just contact us, even just for anything. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you really quickly. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Perfect. Uh, well again, man, uh, like Brooke said, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, obviously we, we all wanted a little bit of clarity on the sport. I mean, you know, it, we love watching the Olympics. I, I know I, I, I absolutely love checking out random things that I haven't been able to see before. We were literally, I think, argue, not argue. We were screaming over Japan and China playing doubles tennis or table tennis earlier. Like yeah. we, we, we like to catch <laughs> these random things, and so and like literally, just like a, like just just a shining holy light. They're like we're watching handball, and we have a handball interview at the same time. Like it, it, it's been cool to talk to you, man. So definitely appreciate it. Um, any other input from everybody? Are y'all good? I think I'm good, man. Cool, cool. Well, again, really appreciate you com- coming on, man. This is a yeah, ton thanks. of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely keep you posted as far as whenever we got the video up and whenever we have the uh, the podcast episode set. We'll let you know whenever that's going to be up, so that way you can you know do with it as you want, uh, share with it as you will. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time out of your day for us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, Josh. And that was the interview with Josh Hederick. Uh, Olympic uh, discussion, handball discussion, ton of fun there. Now we're going to go ahead and kick this over to the NBA discussion with Tailgate Talks. All right, there we go. So, Brooks, NBA discussion, 
Got a little bit to talk about today. What do you have for us so far? Yeah, real quickly, the NBA draft is tomorrow night, so teams will be drafting their futures. Teams will be making moves to add on to their rosters tomorrow night. Not a really lot to talk about. Uh, there's not a huge interest on tech side this year. We've had guys in the past we expect to get drafted. I guess our only guy would be Mac McClung, but I don't really see him getting drafted. It would kind of be a shock if he goes in the late second round. But I guess there's still that chance maybe somebody decides to. But other than that, just keep an eye on it. NBA always has a little bit of a wild draft night with teams trying to make trades. There's some teams that I know are trying to get up there to either get Mobley or some of these other guys uh, that are projected to go two, three to four. So it's a pretty loaded draft class. So keep an eye on that uh, and, and just as this draft going. But the kind of key news that relates to us a little bit here as a Texas Tech fan uh, podcast a little bit is that there was some news circulating yesterday that Jarrett Culver might be traded uh, out of Minnesota. And as Tech fans and Jarrett Culver fans, this is a move that I'm excited. I really hope that happens. I would love to see him get drafted, or not drafted, but traded to an organization that actually is functioning, knows how to develop talent, yeah, and right. maybe can make him you know, a really decent role player in the NBA. I think he's still young and still got skills. So... I really hope to see him get moved to a team that can actually use him and, uh, you know, yeah. improve and develop his weaknesses and turn him into a good role player that can play for playoff type teams. So that's kind of really the big NBA news right now. I don't know if y'all got any opinions y'all want to throw in real quickly. No, on really that. Watching if his, what his Rockets do and hope they don't screw their pickup at number two. They're gonna screw the pickup at number two. Let's nah. move on to the next topic. Anyways, we're not getting we're we're not getting the number one pick, and that was really where all the eyes are at. I I and then what was the what number two projected? What was the what was the projected number two though? I saw his picture, but Jaylen I forgot Green. his name. Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a really loaded draft class, so I think it it's good. one of those where even as the second pick, you're not losing because uh, Cade's not all that much further ahead than everybody else. I think it wouldn't shock me if any of these guys from two, three to four end up being the best draft pick out of this class. So, yeah, but it, it's kind of, uh, I, I, I've, I've lost a lot of faith in the Rockets at the moment. And so it's kind of hard for me to be like, you know what? Yeah. This pick is going to definitely turn it around, but like a step in the right direction. Yeah. There is that potential. Even, even yeah, you're not going to turn it around in a year there. It's going to no. be a long way, but it's a step yeah. in the right direction. That's what the NBA draft is, and that's what happens when you draft at the top. Yeah, true, true. Uh, it, it's always just hoping to get somebody that can help the trajectory change. Just, so. uh, just a big crapshoot. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think I have really any other takes as far as the NBA draft goes until that kind of comes around because that, I mean, is going to be entertaining whenever they're mixing in some trades and and the, the draft itself, but and until that comes up, I don't really have too much else to throw yeah. in there. But keep an eye on it. Maybe some big names get moved tomorrow night. Uh, maybe some don't. It, it's always a hit or miss with the NBA on draft night. Uh, usually something entertaining happens, though. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty much all we got for the NBA so, uh, this week. Let's go ahead and kick this over to Dustin. He's he, he's usually our, our little uh, NFL analyst or uh, expertise. But... Um, we have a little bit of news going on with the NFL. Obviously, some of the training camps are coming back around. Stellgate talks NFL. Are you ready 
So what's happening over there, Dustin? Yeah, so training camps have started across the league, and the Aaron Rodgers saga has finally come to an end. He has reported to camp. He is back with the Packers. They have some kind of agreement to basically terminate his contract, void his contract, come to an ending of his contract uh, at the end of this year and let him go. I guess kind of a, uh, hey, let's go on one more date before we break up, you know, to make the kids happy, I guess, um, kind of situation. Him and Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams both kind of tweeted like a last dance, kind of like the last chance uh, pictures. So kind of in on it together, I guess. But I don't see how this be- helps the Packers because of how broken that can kind of make the locker room. And they're still like a right below second tier NFC team, in my opinion. Obviously, I think they'll win the division, but not much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a it's it's a like you you never want to be the GM that let go of Aaron Rodgers. Right. So I understand their position, but he, you, he forced the hand though, so you got to make a decision. At some yeah, point. yeah, yeah. But like that's that that's that is his part of it. But like as I far as the GM goes, best for both know. sides. Yeah, I mean, get one more run at it, and then let him go. You can move on with Jordan Love and the rebuild after yeah. that. I guess I don't know, Brooks. Any thoughts on the on the Aaron Rodgers saga coming to a close um, for now? I feel like it's either gonna be Aaron Rodgers going all the way to the Super Bowl and just scorch earth t- type of season from him. Type deal, yes, for sure. But I could also see him just like tanking this year and with a big old fu to Green Bay and then get on his way, get that money for this year and then get on his way. But I don't know. It's like Dustin said. I I think it works good for both sides so now green bay can start prepping for the future they you know no more unknowns now you kind of know that this is it and you know now you can prep for the jordan love era so yeah um but yeah that, that's kind of all that we got as far as nfl news going obviously like like we just said earlier all the training camps going on nothing crazy crazy happening right now uh so i think uh yeah not really nothing um, but let's go ahead. We're going to move over to the Olympics. We're going to discuss a little bit about what's going on there and our thoughts so far, where they're at. Um, let's see. Did, can I do this? All right. That's as far as I could go. I'm not going to go the whole anthem. But I was like, I was, I was, this was the last second. I was like, let me find an audio clip that might work for this. Uh, Star Spangled Banner. Let's go. Um... So, Olympics going on right now. Uh, been a ton of fun to watch. We've been texting left and right for this. Uh, obviously, if y'all caught on uh, earlier in this episode, uh, we were talking a ton about the Olympics, about Olympic handball. We were discussing quite a bit about watching uh, watching the swimming. We've been watching. Uh, we, we, we were all hyped up about, about ping pong. Um, Brooks, thoughts so far on the Olympics and where it's at and... and, and what you've been the most kind of hype for? Um, really, it's been a weird Olympics because most of the events that we like care about happen really early in the day, and then they're like tweeting breaking news in the morning, and mm-hmm. then you already know that Simone Biles dropped out. Oh, yeah. So what's the point? And they got silver, so what's the point of watching it at night? There's just a lot of these that I've been seeing, so it's kind of ruined some of the primetime events because we already know what's going to happen. So 
why am I going to tune in when I already know the result? Uh, but the swimming part, I've always loved watching the swimming. So this, you know, some of the events have been pretty entertaining. Um, the men's, you know, four by 100 uh, relay was pretty good. The U.S. won gold in that. But other than that, yeah, just kind of keeping track of some of the random stuff. Like we've talked about, the table tennis match was pretty lit the other day. Beach volleyball has been pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Just the, just some of the various other things that don't really get the, you know, Twitter news break yeah. <laughs> to ruin the yeah. sport. But, yeah, some of the other stuff has just kind of been annoying because – I just I don't want to watch something when I know the result. So don't tell me the result <laughs> at like nine a.m. when yeah. you're going to broadcast it at seven p.m. on primetime. What was it? The 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 Miko. The, what was the what was the Japanese ping pong player's name? I don't know. Ito. Ito. Oh Ito. yeah yeah yeah, dude. We were hyped on Ito. Like, she and I got bomb, I, I got mad man. because like, all right. So then like, whenever they were in that game, uh, game seven or whatever, the 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 seventh win. Uh, no, in the sixth one, I was like, oh, who is this person? Because they said, like, she's been in music videos and starred in all this stuff in Japan. And I was like, let's check this shit out. And at the very top of the screen, it showed Japan beats China three to four. And I'm like, fuck. Same problem. Happened to me, too. But I, yeah. didn't, I didn't ruin it for you guys. We were in the middle of watching it. But I was just like... I know we win. It's great, but damn it, I, got, I had that kind of rob for me a little bit. <laughs> Stupid, uh, Dustin. Um, thoughts, feelings, uh, Olympics. Um, what what have you been keeping an eye out for? What's kind of got you hyped up? On on Brooks's swimming, I can't get into swimming as much this year without the fans. I feel like the fans always oh, brought yeah. the electricity to that sport a lot, so it's kind of a little harder to watch. Um, but the action that gets me going is table tennis is awesome. Like, especially when you're watching Japan, China, and some of these countries that are super good at it. And then water polo is ridiculous also. Like, yes. those are probably the best athletes here. Like, they got to tread water, swim, use their upper body to throw, and the goalies just stand there trying to jump out of the water to make blocks. Our USA women's goalie, she is amazing. But I was at a bar Friday night last week getting really into the women's water polo match against Japan, and we smashed them. Yeah. And so that's what I'm into. Badminton's pretty fun, too. Oh, my God. Did you see that rally? The, it was like an I 80. I hadn't caught enough of it yet. This there was an 82-hit rally in badminton. 82 hits. Wow. Like... <laughs> Like this one dude was just defending the net, and it's just literally just back forth, back forth within like five seconds, like ten exchanges, like that's awesome, intense, eighty two fucking hits, and nobody messed up, no. And then one guy finally hits it into the net, and then that was the end of the round. I was like, that was. I bet one they had point. to change that shuttlecock after that. That uh, <laughs> got an equipment issue. And bring, grab, bring it, grab a couple more. Bring it in the 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 hard terminology there. Nicely done. Word of the, word of the podcast, shuttlecock. Sure, you have your ID with you when you go get some more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, no, Olympics have been great to watch. Uh, We're obviously going to keep an eye on that and keep watching that throughout. Uh, Definitely still enjoy it. And every single time this comes around, you know, I, I, I I didn't get to participate this year on the uh, on the uh, the the opening ceremony game, and wish I had. But I wasn't on that. Dude, it was hard. It was hard. Two flag bears. Uh-huh. Flag bears. They were showing like 
the people and what they did so fast that we, uh, we couldn't hardly play our game. Damn. Yeah. All right, well, blame the, blame the production company on that one. So Come on, NBC. Next NBC. year, next year, hopefully we'll write him a letter. We'll write him a very aggressive letter. Yeah. Dot, dot tailgate talks, bitches. Uh, <laughs> you're ruining this game. Um, but anyways, um, so that's been the Olympics so far. Again, uh, the, the Simone Biles story, a little bit, uh, you know, it, it, it it's disheartening to see her uh, step away, especially when she's literally the the goat but you got to respect her maturity knowing her mental self so like yeah it, it's it's a little bit of an indifference there you you want to see somebody kind of push through the mental heartache especially after training for five years this time not four and to see her walk away i think was kind of a little bit disheartening but you 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 respect it a little bit you know i don't know yeah good for her just doing what she thinks best for her who cares about all these people who are just watching who will never be as good as anything that she is i don't want to criticize her 100 so, um, i'll rock with her but um but that kind of that's going to kind of wrap up as far as what we have for you guys for the uh for the tailgate again earlier in this episode if you're listening to the podcast we had the the uh interview with Justin, obviously that went for quite a while. So it's going to be, uh, yeah, Josh, I, I keep messing that up. Sorry, Josh. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, but um, so we have, uh, we're we're going to go ahead and kick this over to Shot Bets. That was kind of our Olympic discussion for now. Keep posted on the Twitter uh, or keep up to date with all of our takes on Twitter as far as Olympic inter- interviews and takes and stuff like that. Um, but our first shot bet that we had was uh was uh for this week well let's go ahead and kick off with the with the intro just kidding we're not gonna go streaking uh my head is everywhere with this with this uh with this uh episode and interviews get, and stuff. Get through this. Yeah, get right. through this. We got right. an interview coming. <laughs> we got one coming in, in, in eight minutes. Um so uh first shot bet was Argentina versus Slovenia. We we all ended up taking Luca and Slovenia. They ended up winning the matchup in between. Uh, Argentina's a very good team, but Luca's just too dominant of a player still, even in the uh in the Olympics. Awesome to see. Um the second shot bet that we had, we put it out uh yesterday. And that was with the uh, Olympic handball. Again, this is a handball podcast now. We've been retweeted by, who was Austin? Austin handball? Boston. 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 Sorry, I misheard that. We well, have, we're a Minnesota team handball here. Ma- right. Minnesota. We, we, we support our Minnesota team. That, that's who we are. That's who we pull for. Uh, but we went ahead and had our second shot bet for the week be France versus Germany. Uh, me and Dustin went with the, went with the, uh, went with the, the, the Patriots. Rich. The Patriots Woo. of the uh, handball world, and uh, France ended up winning by a slim margin. Though they ended up winning thirty to twenty nine, giving me the win. Brooks and Josh taking the L on that one. They're going to be owing us some shots. Uh, oh, John, jo- Josh, Josh, Josh said he was a whiskey guy <laughs> earlier in this episode, so uh, definitely uh, be sending us that little shot bet video. We'll, we'll absolutely repost that anytime soon. Um, as far as this week's shot bets, again, with the Olympics going on, and this is a one and four year thing, uh, we're going to be doing shot bets over the Olympics as much as we can. So first and second shot bet will be over Olympic events that will be posted on our social media pages. So make sure that you do check those out. 
As far as the shot bet totals at this moment, we are, I'm at three, Brooks is at one, Dustin is sitting at four. Uh, and anybody wanting to pay off any shots at this time, go ahead and uh, send us your videos, send us your pictures, whatever you want. Again, this is just something fun to interact with you guys. Definitely enjoy the interactions on the on the uh, social media pages. Um, so, uh, since we will be wrapping up the episode, uh, not for those listening live, but for the podcast here, we do have our final shot for the week before we jump into next week. Uh, Dustin, do you have any sort of final shot or shout out that you want to hit? Still in little ones, and I might be still in yours. I don't know, but the Go CrossFit ahead. Games Damn. started this yeah. week today, Wednesday. Um, so this is like the Olympics or w big tournament of CrossFit. So you can watch all these individual athletes do ridiculous workouts and fitness things throughout the week. Catch that on YouTube and Facebook. Um, it's on all day. But shout out to like the adaptive athletes because yeah. I watched some guys and girls yesterday with prosthetic legs and one arms doing rope climbs and 300 plus pound deadlifts. And like that's just amazing that they can – persevere and do that kind of stuff but yeah go go watch those guys and girls out on uh, youtube and facebook not bad that, that that was a good final take that was kind of gonna be mine i was watching earlier on youtube the uh crossfit page was definitely it's just fun to watch like the the yeah. uh who what was the uh madeline something yeah, the, she the, just the won. 18 year old she she just won the event against tia claire to me yeah. and that in itself is one of the biggest feats anybody could be doing in crossfit at all is beating the 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 goat on the women's side um brooks final shot for the week do you have anything for us uh mine will just be the mlb trade deadline is right around the corner so keep an eye on teams making moves hopefully the red Sox go get somebody we've been rumored in the <laughs> max scherzer chris bryant anthony rizzo some of these guys so maybe we go out and make a move make our team a little bit better even though we're still a pretty good damn baseball team so yeah mlb oh, yeah. trade deadline Sweet. exciting well uh that is going to wrap up the episode for those that are listening on the podcast uh for those listening live we have this kind of split up a little bit here and there but uh just make sure if you're not already subscribe to the podcast on instagram and uh on on instagram subscribe to the podcast on spotify and on itunes make sure you drop a good rating or a review if it is on itunes and make sure you give us that five star and if you're not already Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We are also on Instagram and Facebook. As far as our personal accounts go, Dustin, you can find him at Dustin Wimmer 22. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And uh, also, do not forget, we do have our YouTube channel. All you have to do is just type in tailgate talks into the search bar and make sure you hit the subscribe button where you get there and hit the bell notification to be notified anytime we post a new video for you guys. And lastly, any sort of suggestions, thoughts, questions, or anything you want to hear us discuss on the show, if you can't reach out to us personally, reach out to us at the email, which is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Um, so that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, obviously, a uh, great interview with, with Josh there. Uh, the handball thing was a great discussion. We talked for like almost an hour there. That might end up getting trimmed down a little bit because... We carried on for a while, and then I think we even, after the interview, we hung out with the dude for like another like 20, 30 minutes just ch just chilling. He's a great, great, great person. It was awesome to hang out and talk with him. Uh, but that'll wrap up this episode, and uh, we'll catch y'all we'll later. Catch y'all at the next tailgate.